Fast Three Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. And of course, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And today we have a special show with a phenomenal guest, Mr. Malik Simmons is joining the conversation what's good with you bro how you doing what's happening i'm good how you doing oh i'm doing good man how's your life how's family hey everybody's doing well can't complain that's what's up let me just change this real quick uh all right uh anyway what's going on man what's new you know man same thing really every day just grinding um perfecting these apps that i got going on Got a couple other things in motion, like a clothing brand and uh, helping out my other business partners with their businesses, with the organizational side. All right. Um, why? What's, what's, why? Why all the businesses? Like, what's the attraction? I mean, if I see somebody needs help, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person to let them know I can help them. Um, it don't even really have to do anything with me getting paid from it. That's not where the foundation of my help comes from. It's just I see a homie with a business. And I see that he can, you know, perfect this or tweak this or he's not informed on something. I'll mm-hmm. let him know what's happening, put him on point, and then help him get there. That's what me helping other people. But for myself, I'm really just into technology right now. Really? Like yeah. you I, you say you uh, you develop. Oh, and greetings to Carolyn Jackson. She's checking us out on YouTube. Um, so you develop apps. Right. Like like. I tried to uh, come up with well, I had came up with a game, um, and I had I paid somebody to to and, and to be honest, it wasn't a lot of money, um, and did the best he could. But I didn't realize like the discipline it takes to really launch a good app, the amount of time and the money it takes to really do it. Like, what part of it do you enjoy the most? I mean, me. I enjoy every part of the process. I'm one of those guys. I just love to learn, love to get to new or love to get to know new things. So mm-hmm. um, definitely the beginning, you know, the idea, making it a wireframe. So the wireframe is the first part of the app. So pretty much like when you on Instagram, all the pages that you click through, mm-hmm. that's pretty much a wireframe. An app is a wireframe. Okay. So every single page you click on, whatever you click on, you got to draw where that goes, the font for it, the color of it, the transition um, style. So I really like that part of the app because that's where the idea is taken from my head and put on paper pretty much to make it real. Um, But then after that, getting the investors on board, you know, really getting to see if other people see your vision and if they're Mm -hmm. willing to invest in you and in your company and then the marketing aspect of it, uh, presenting it to the world. So those See, are... I don't like people enough. <laughs> Oddly, like I'm, I would never be good at marketing shit, bro. That's why I yeah. just, I'm not good at marketing myself. It just takes too much, bro. Like, and most people that are into like developing apps, generally, you know, there's certain uh, like they got a certain uh, character about them. You know, they ain't that big a people person. Like, how do you transition from that complete end of the spectrum to now I got to get out here and market this? And you're doing all this yourself. Yeah, right now I am. Um, I do have a team that 
is going to help me market it and sell mm -hmm. the app. But to answer your question, I've always been a social butterfly. I've always been a person to connect people. And that's really where the basis of my app was created on uh -huh. um, connecting people, whether that's through interest in life, you know, through humanity and then also through sports. So one of my apps is connecting people through interest and connecting with people nearby based off your interest. And then my other app is connecting people through sports. So, um, you know, I just thought about how can I help people connect through sports and make a platform for it. It's really mm -hmm. just that simple. Um, I think the best apps in the world come from solving a problem. So if you have a solution, Mm -hmm. I say this to any and everybody. If you have a solution, make it an app. It'll Yo, make you millions and billions of dollars. Why we don't have a black owned Instagram? Man, I'm I'm on my way there. <laughs> you know, I, I say this, I say this humbly and respectfully as possible, but I feel uh -huh. like I could be the black Elon Musk. I could be, you know, the the tech guru for our people. And I, I want to blaze that trail for our people because um, even Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife, she mm -hmm. says that we're doing a disservice to the world by not having black people in the tech future of tech. And um, these platforms that I'm creating, I really feel like they will eventually compete with like a Facebook or uh, Instagram. We need that, bro. Like yeah. I'm tired of uh you know I'm tired of having to tiptoe to through shit. Can't say this, can't say that. Um, right. But as soon as I post some, it's a million damn bots. Like right. why they can't get rid of the bots, but they can get rid of certain hate speech. Right. I mean, bots is like a never-ending thing. So what's the point the of them? I mean, it was. I mean, for hacking purposes, for one, and then for looking like you have more followings and more comments that's a that's like the main reason bots are created today okay but previously it was for a lot of hacking reasons okay so are the apps out already so i have one app that's out right now mm -hmm. um it's called tag i'm gonna change that app to what are you doing mm -hmm. and that's the one that i feel like will compete with a facebook a snapchat or instagram um what I'm what I'm doing is I'm literally gonna give you everything that you need to be able to connect with people nearby and make you comfortable to connect with people nearby, and uh, also put some other incentives on there to make you want to keep using the app. But that one's called Tag. It's T A A G. Okay. Um, it's in this basic form right now, but the updates is what's gonna make it make it blow and get people on there. And once I put those updates on there, I'm changing the name to what are you doing? Okay. Um, and then my other free? app. Yeah, all my apps are free. Okay. Um, Dope. I'm, I'm not going to make you pay for anything. If you pay for anything, it'll be a subscription. And the subscription gives you um, more things that you could do. But uh, the other app, I'm calling it the Ballers Network, and that's connecting people through sports. I'm not going to say too much about that one. I'm not going to mm -hmm. say too much about either one, to be honest, because uh, it's a lot of people out here in the tech industry who that'll steal your shit. That'll steal your shit, simple and plain. Yeah. And then once you get out there, they're gonna copy your shit. Yeah, they and will. They, and that's why ain't you shit you can do. Yeah, ain't nothing you can do. But what you can do in the beginning is, you know, keep it on hush when it's out. 
then you go crazy talk about it as much market it as much but what's going to separate me from anybody trying to copy me they don't know my updates so um like i said tag is in a basic form mm-hmm. um that's going to be updated and when that get updated i feel like I, I've, I've had people in the tech industry they was like damn a few people that i have told they were like mm-hmm. damn bro with that app like you might be like a messiah to the world <laughs> I was just like, I I appreciate the comment, but bro, that's saying a lot. But at the same time, like, I know what my app is going to do for people. And that was my main reason of creating. I want to help people connect with people and, you know, just make the world a better place by finding real friends fast. Do you want to be Bill Gates? Like, like financially, like, is that too much? Um, I definitely want to be a billionaire, a hundred percent, no doubt about it. But the reason I want to be a billionaire is to help our people out, because, you know, I grew up south side of Chicago. I grew up oh, Carroll that's City, that's... Oh, in the inner city of Miami. So like I seen the, the best and the worst of the north and south. And then I went to Carolina, played ball there, graduated from there, a uh, sport business degree with communication as well. So like I said, man, I really seen the top and the bottom of the North and the South. And then I got a, uh, a top of the line business degree as well. So, um, do I want to be up there with Bill Gates? Financially? Yes. So that I could help out our environment and change our environment. Um, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm too petty to have that much money. Like I'm okay with just, you know, being a, a nice, comfortable millionaire, but I don't think I like certain shit. Like I'm Drake level petty, you know. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm inboxing crazy shit to your people if I'm a billionaire. Right. Like, like, like I'm a pay bots to just fuck with your account. So every time you start an account, it's gonna be a thousand bots just irritating yeah. you. Like stupid shit like that. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel you. Um, you know, to each his own. But with me, um. I, I would move like a Michael Jackson or something. If you you mess with me, I'm gonna just buy your company. You that nigga was petty though. I mean, you could he call was, that petty. That's a he was really petty. But I mean, if Michael Jackson ain't do nothing to you, why disrespect the man? And he gonna show you his power. You that know, that's just would. one example. But I'm gonna be one of those people. Like I'm gonna speak my mind. I'm gonna be honest. I'm very direct. I'm very blunt. I'm very upfront. Um, so. I feel it like takes away some of your freedom, though, being that rich. Like, it takes away a lot of your freedom, actually. I feel like it gives you more freedom. Um, in America, especially, you know, money, to our society, money is everything. People give you more when they see you got money. That's true. Um, and then, you know, you got the financial freedom to do as you please, to buy what you want, start what you want, help who you want. And like I said, that's my biggest thing. I want to help my people out. I want to help other minorities to show to show the world that we really are the ones who belong on top. And I feel like technology is a very easy and quick way to get us there. Cause um, the platforms I'm creating, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, not even kind of like Uber, like Airbnb, like um, Turo, I'm giving the people the power to create these type of businesses. So once you put the power in the people's hands, they gonna do the rest. And um, my apps do that. Mm-hmm. And okay. those apps were able to blow up so fast because the power was put into the people's hands. And I'm doing the same exact thing. 
Okay, that's that's gonna be dope too, man. I'm I'm gonna be watching too, man. If if people wanna um invest, how they how they reach out to you? Uh, you could get in contact with me through uh, social media. I prefer LinkedIn if you want to do business. My LinkedIn mm-hmm. is Malik Simmons, my name straight across. And then if you want to get at me on Instagram or check me out on Instagram, I really don't post too much. I'm I'm offline a lot, but my Instagram is Malik the Chief. And uh, you could contact me through there as well. Do, do you feel like you you missing something not being more of a presence online, especially if you're getting into that game? Yes and no. Uh, social media will definitely connect you with people. But um, I do a lot on LinkedIn. Okay. I'm connected to a lot of people on LinkedIn. And then, you know, going through sports, playing ball in college. And then uh, my my network they're connected to everybody like i brought up melinda gates like mm-hmm. i know i know the person who takes care of the gates assets i know the guy who takes care of google's assets but that's through my network from going to unc so really uh, like whoever i want to talk to i could get to him just put it like that without with with me only having less than a thousand followers on instagram i'm like i got i got blue checks verified everywhere on my Instagram, on Twitter as well. Um, That's crazy. Like I said, I'm, I'm connected to whoever I want to get connected to. But I definitely utilize social media to be able to do that if I can't um, do it like on my own. So you go to UNC, you graduate. What did you do first thing after you graduated? Where'd you go? Uh, I started working. I started working for a company called the Rome Foundation. And the mm-hmm. Rome Foundation uh, is a company that's for irritable bowel syndrome. I know it's like, what the hell was I doing there? But it was a lady who just really uh, liked me and she offered me the, the job right out of college. And I was like, shit, I'm scared of the real world. I need to make money ASAP. So mm-hmm. I jumped in with her. And then uh, I worked a couple of other corporate jobs. But soon after that, I just felt like it was only so much I could do working under somebody else. And just as of last year, around September, I decided, man, I'm about to go chase my dreams and stop holding myself back, you know, being under somebody else. Because I feel like they capped you off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm limitless, like I'm a boundless person. So I chose to get out of the corporate world and do my thing with tech. And 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 if don't nobody else tell you today, bro, I'm proud of you, first and foremost. Thank you. Um, as an old head, like I, I've I've shot my jumper a few times over the years, and that's one thing I try to tell the younger cats is if you only get one shot at this shit, you know, yeah. I, do I have some regrets? Yeah, I do. It's certain things I wish I had to stay with that I really believed in, and I and as soon as I quit, somebody else picked up the baton and got rich off the shit. I've seen like, it happen already in my life. <laughs> oh my god, that's just so hurtful, bruh. Yeah, but you young enough, man. Like you got a lot. You got time on your hands, and and you sound like you focused. Like what? Is, what is your just? A, you wake up in the morning. What time you wake up? Man, sometimes I wake up on my own at five thirty in the morning. Just because. Just because I'm just that ambitious. Like it wake me up. My my dream and my drive just wakes me up. I don't even need an alarm clock to be honest. I but, feel you on that. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, I go to sleep at 6 a.m. from being up all day and all night. And then I wake up at 
10, 11 a.m. Um, talent but, is only like 10% of the shit. Man, talent is it's just effort. the surface. It's the surface yes. of it. It's like people will check you out because of your talent, but they'll fuck with you because of your work ethic. They'll fuck with you because of your character, your work ethic, you know, your vision. And, you know, being able just to trust you, building that relationship with people. That's the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, 90% of business is the relationship that you build with these people. 10% of it is the idea. I could have the greatest idea in the world, but if they don't like me or I don't deliver it correctly, they won't tune in or tap in with me. So um, it's definitely about the person. Mm. So uh, you tried out for the Ravens, if I'm correct? Yeah, I had a little... What's, what's that like? Nerve-wrecking. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's like you got one <laughs> shot, one opportunity for real. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong by any means. You know, I've trained my whole life to get to that opportunity. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this cutthroat is... Shit, I don't even know what to say about it for real. It's just, you know, one one time period of showing your skills and your athletic ability. But, you know, that all comes down to personal relationships as well and um, maximizing your opportunity. But it was definitely a blessing for sure. What was your biggest surprise about it? Uh, my biggest surprise about it was <laughs> the, the limited access that you have while you're there because you can only get, you know, 30 plays to showcase yourself and then oh, you really? if you don't spark anybody's idea of what you could be in them 30 plays you know you get sent home but um yeah i mean i knew what to expect because i got a bunch of homies in the nfl a bunch of homies mm-hmm. playing football and other sports too but yeah that's pretty much it it's cutthroat nfl nba professional sports is cutthroat but that's also it's- something i want to show you know our community because you got to think about it like you have a million athletes, let's just say from New York City, you got a million mm-hmm. athletes that are 11 years old today trying to fill in 20 spots in the NBA. Yeah. You got a million people trying to fill in 20 spots when we got a billion ways you could make money or a billion ways to make a million dollars. and. That's why I want to be the one to blaze this trail through technology to show our kids. Like you already know you on your phone 24 seven. You already know the future of, of the world is technology. So you better, you better start learning about it now. Are we too addicted? I mean, like people, first thing you do when you wake up in the morning now is is check your social media. I mean, literally it's the way of the world now. I mean, I look at it like this, right? Because I used to think the same thing. Like, damn, I'm on my phone way too much. But back in the day, I was just on the TV just as much. I was watching TV just as much, at least me personally. Um, If I wasn't outside playing, the amount of time that I spent watching TV, that's what I do on my phone now. So, you know, your phone is seeing you. Oh, you was on your phone for 16 hours last week. Your percent is up or down. Mm -hmm. I feel like I watch TV just that much as a kid growing up so i feel like everything was that was on tv is just now on your phone but you know when it gets to messing up your mental or how you feel about yourself and you know um your self-esteem yeah that's when i think you on there too much or you dependent on it too much i think it should just be used to 
fulfill what it was made for, which is connecting with people and, you know, just keeping up with your friends. But I feel like we all went through that stage of like compare, comparing ourselves to other people's lifestyles. I mean, well, this generation doesn't have a comparative analysis to make. Like they, 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 you know, like my, I got grandkids that will never know a world without Facebook. For sure. You know, unless somehow something happens to Facebook in, you know, the future where they tank and now they're not popular. But right. like, I think my generation is the last generation where outside was actually a thing. I mean, my generation too, I started out outside. Um, my generation is the generation that's the end of your lifestyle, mm-hmm. how you grew up, in the mm-hmm. beginning of this technology lifestyle. Okay. Um, so I get you 100%. But that's why I think the app that I'm creating, What Are You Doing, is so important because it's a lot of machine to machine interaction. So, you know, like you on your phone, I'm on my phone. Mm-hmm. I want to do machine to human. So I get on my phone to go interact with a human being. Rather than just stay on my phone, stay on my phone. That's pretty um, dope. Yeah. So, you know, they they call it the there's been a few articles saying it's the end of intimacy, meaning it's just so much people to phone rather than phone to people. So with what are you doing? I'm gonna, you know, revamp that phone to people to get people to, you know, actually care to meet new people rather than just look at your status and then oh i'll mess with you just based off your status and how many likes and how cool you look on social media now if i see you in person i'll be able to be interested in you based off what i see on your profile um on the app that i'm making okay so kind of like uh you skipped the small talk part of, of a relationship you kind of already know exactly okay. like, me and this I'm, person I'm, got 33 things in common uh, right. I'm making your icebreaker. I'm not making it. You making That's the dope. icebreaker. That's dope. So now, now you got to think about all the kids with social anxiety, which is at an all-time high right now because of Instagram and how people feel about themselves. Um, so people are pretty much scared to walk up to people to start conversations. I'm going to give you conversation starters. You know, I could see you on there. Be like, damn, he do he do a podcast. He know my man's at Rucker Park. So he's into basketball, whatever you want people to know about you uh-huh. to be able to spark a conversation. So I could look at your profile and be like, okay, I could fuck with him. Like he could, he could be a homie of mine. So now I'm gonna walk up to you, talk about something that I already saw on your profile. Yeah. I with that. There's a, there's a bunch of the other uh, aspects of the app that makes that even easier and quicker as well. But I, I can't get all that out right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to give everything away. Yeah. And you're right, Carolyn. Like, we, we used to be outside all day. I'm just kind of re- reading the comments or whatnot. Um, oh. what, you said you got a clothing line, too. What's the yeah. clothing line? Uh, my clothing line will, it's called Play With Heart. It's coming out soon. I haven't dropped anything yet. But it's called Play With Heart. And what I'm doing is pretty much uh, highlighting anybody that plays the game of life with heart um you know it's a sport term that we use play with heart but i'm also going to intertwine that with the game of life so um i'm gonna take sport lessons that Mm -hmm. we learn you know like accountability talk about how that correlates from sports to real life so taking sport lessons and intertwining it with real life and like i said um i'm pretty much just taking you know the graphic tees that we see already 
mm-hmm. like NFL, NBA, or you know our favorite entertainers on a T-shirt. Um, I'm just making my own brand with that. So outside of a, a celebrity or yourself, who would you say play? You know that plays with heart. Man, it's a lot of people I could say plays with heart. Um, but definitely, I would say somebody like. I don't know if you said out of athletes, but uh, I, no I celebrities gotta, like like somebody, you know, that works at McDonald's or somebody, you know, that works at Foot Locker or or at the air for the irritable bowel syndrome people. Yeah, Which, yeah by I'm, the I'm, way, if you don't know anything about irritable bowel syndrome, that's that's really a difficult uh, affliction to have. Go check it out. No, yeah, you you should you should know what your when you take a shit, you should know what your shit is telling you. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> for God. Real. Uh, like that. But uh, when it comes to who plays with heart, it's really anybody who spreads love mm-hmm. who's going to show the way of how to do something and somebody who's courageous enough to be themselves and chase their dreams. So that could be a, a employee at McDonald's, a construction worker, or somebody we see on TV who inspires us. So, uh, for example, you know, I would use Giannis Antetokounmpo as, you know, like a, a model person who plays with heart because – when he on the court, he giving his all. When he talks to his teammates, he's he telling them how to do the same thing. And then when he's in his community, you know, he's inspiring kids to do the same thing. So, you know, that's like a model person of who plays with heart. You know, it's about spreading love by giving people game, showing them mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And you always lead them by example. I'm going to have to go with Iverson on that one. Like just my for my two cent, yeah. Ivo played with heart, heart. Like that dude right. put it. Like every he left game. every every game, every you know, not no, not practice. <laughs> no, but he he put it all on. Like he ain't leave nothing to chance. He ain't leave nothing out. Like I don't. I think it's like I would say as far as competitiveness in in a sport. Jordan is probably the most competitive. Jordan and Kobe, I would say one A and one B. Yeah, them the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, uh, what's old boy from the uh, the Heat? Oh, Jimmy what's my last name? Yes. Yeah, Jimmy Dude Butler. Plays with already, heart. already got it right up on him. That my man puts like he puts like, like he oh my god. Him. I mean, he been doing that since he was a kid. He was homeless. Uh, he was out living in the street. He ain't had no choice but to. Really, play, I didn't know that. Yeah, his mama kicked him out when he was a, in his teenage years, I believe, because uh, his father left and he looked just like his father. And she was like, I can't stand to look at you like you got to leave. Wow. So he was out in the street. Yeah. And then he found his way to basketball. Basketball saved him. He started getting recruited. And he is where he is now. That's probably one of the most fucked up things I've heard in a long time. Man. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> oh. how, how we grow up and what we got to deal with as black men or just in the black community in general through through our traumas and pain and how we just inflict that on each other. And don't even kids? realize. No, no kids. No oh, kids. I, I say I'm undefeated out here. You're missing out, <laughs> bro. Trust I, me. I know. Trust me. I'm, I'm definitely going to have a few, but I got to get my life situated. I got to have a few more experiences under my belt and then I'll be ready for that. But I got plenty of nieces and nephews right now. So who helped mold you? Um, I would definitely say my mom for sure. I grew up 
with a single parent mom i visited my dad over the summer but uh mm-hmm. man to be honest like i took i took a lot from anybody that i saw doing right mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't grow up with my father so much so if i saw somebody doing something good like okay i'm gonna do that too um and that's that's another reason why i created play with heart because we all teammates like we all could show each other how to be better or how to do something or how to create something or how to be yourself too um, we don't want to listen no more though i hear you but it's all about how you can get to somebody you gotta everybody will listen every you gotta think about it you listen to somebody or this bad kid he gonna listen to somebody that's true but that's why true. does he listen to that person you gotta figure out you know how to how to get on that common ground with them and then once you do you take it from there consistency yeah but uh who who inspired me most definitely i will say my parents even though you know i didn't grow up in the perfect world but you know i say this humbly and respectfully as well like i got to give credit to myself too because there's a lot of temptations that i i chose not to jump into uh whether that was like in chicago with gang stuff um Street shit. The Chicago bro. gangs. Come on, man. Jeez, I, I, bro. I was Ida B. Wells and the projects. So <sighs> I had Inglewood in the in the Mecca of the hood. So oh my God. I'm not even from to... Chicago and I know about the projects in Chicago. Yeah, so there was plenty I had to ignore and walk by and avoid. So like I said, I, I gotta give myself credit. I'm one of those people who I audit myself every day. If I make a mistake, I'm gonna take accountability for it. Um, anything that I did throughout the day, I'm gonna, you know, recap before I go to sleep and just think how I could be better. So um, I give myself credit as well. And I feel like a lot of us need to do the same thing because you know that I way. Agree with you. It you know we'll self we'll self validate ourselves and we'll self critique ourselves, which molds us to just take accountability no matter what and i feel like that's where a lot of problems in this world comes from people but that's not like the key to greatness world. if you ask me the fact that you're not looking for validation from the rest of the world that you right. know you got an inner clock or inner moral compass that says okay this is where i need to be you know i, I don't need other people to define if i had a good day or not 100 that's how you build your confidence as well yeah when you're constantly looking for validation from somebody else that's the only way you go up you're gonna be in trouble but yeah you know you could tell yourself i believe in me i know i could do it and then you doing something to constantly believe in yourself that's when you become great or you even feel great everybody else will catch up exactly um as far as the next generation what do you want to leave for them outside of like monetary shit Oh yeah. Um, I definitely want to leave a blueprint. Um, one being confident in yourself. Uh, I want to blaze the trail for technology and minorities. Mm-hmm. And, um, overall, man, I just always felt like I, I serve a great purpose, a huge purpose on this planet. And I believe I'll be able to do that through, um, technology with these apps but i definitely want to leave or at least spark the next generation to believe in each other and 
you know, just help each other. Because like I said, my brand is about being teammates because I feel like everybody on this planet, we are teammates. We all play in the same game and the same field. So that's that's a tough one right there, bro. It is. It is for sure. But it got to start somewhere. So I just want to be able to spark and leave some type of blueprint as to why it works and why it should be used. What was it like on on the campus at UNC? Oh, I've never been there. It's a beautiful campus. They say that's the closest place to heaven. <laughs> uh, hey, it's cool our, our campus is beautiful um, from the scenery, the landscape. And then when the sky is just clear and it's all Carolina blue everywhere, that's why they say it's the closest place to heaven. But um, that's just, you know, the visual of it. But you get a top institutional degree. Uh, UNC is always a top five college. In the really? States every year. I didn't top know that. Five. Top five, and it's definitely uh, top 20 in the world. So that's the educational, that's the visual, but then you also get the perspective of being around some of the best students because uh, every student is either the top person in their high school or second. Uh-huh. So you're around the best students across the world. And then all of our sports are top 10. Our fo- My senior year, my football team was number 10 in the country. Basketball team, number one, number two. Same thing with the soccer team. Volleyball was elite eight. Basketball is trash now, though, bro. Let's be honest. What? We were just in the championship game. Really? We were just in the championship. Yeah, we lost the championship game. Yeah, this, this past- th- wait, 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 What am I thinking about then? Is it, is it- uh, you're probably thinking about the years before that. Uh, okay. We had a little downfall, but this year we came back up. With we got a new head coach. He's a black man as well. Um, is that, uh, Hubert Davis? Is that the coach yeah, now? Exactly. Okay. So he went. He went there. Homegrown. Huh? Didn't he go to? Uh, he went to Carolina, right? Yeah, he went. To, he played at Carolina, played pro ball, and he came back. And this was his first year. He got us all the way to the championship game. We okay, just my bad. Uh, my game. bad. So, you know, I gotta let you know. It's just, <laughs> I'm an alumni. Uh, but yeah, man, um, like I said, you got a beautiful campus. You got the best students in the world. You know, I'm I'm next to a future lawyer. I'm next to somebody that's in the CIA. I'm next to just somebody in the next biggest company. And uh, like I said, athletes as well. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I take from Carolina is that we're a family. You know, you got this badge on you. Um, if I'm on LinkedIn and they see I graduated from Carolina, mm-hmm. they automatically are open to me. And damn near every top company that I look at on LinkedIn, you know, they'll tell you who graduated from your school that works in that company. And damn near every top company in the world, at least in the United States, let's just leave it at that. There's a Carolina alumni there. So I pretty much got ends just based off of that alone. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Man, and Carolyn said, Carolina heaven. <laughs> That's what they say. I ain't make it up. All right, so so completely, totally off topic. But do you, you, you hip-hop head or no? Oh, yeah, for sure. Who you fucking with, man? Who's dope? Man, it's a great question. I listen to, damn, I still listen to Jay-Z. I still listen to the older heads, you know, the 90s music. But in today's time... I like Kendrick. I like Lil Baby. Um, 
it's a bunch of people I listen to, man. I'm gonna just start naming a bunch of people if you ask me that. Yo, I, I fucks with little baby. Yeah, little baby go hard. And he got a head yeah. on his shoulders too. He does. Um, and the last actually I fuck with Mozzie heavy. Mozzie, like I, yeah, I actually like, I actually know Mozzie. You know my man. Yeah. Hook your boy <laughs> up with that. You know, <laughs> I need that interview. Um but yeah, like I fucks with his music. Like, like of this generation, probably I, I listen to his music. Him and 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 I don't know if you are uh, familiar with Ice Square Vezo. Yeah, I, I probably listen to them, and their interviews are are probably more instrumental than their music. Even though I fuck with their music heavy, right. but just the the mindset of those two was just light years ahead of their peers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm from Detroit, so you know, Vezo. I saw him on the Breakfast Club, and he was just a phenomenal representation of what I felt like a young cat. And I understand I've been in the streets the whole nine, but like what I felt like a young cat that has been through some shit should be. You should get to a point where, you know, some of that shit is just, you above that now. Right, it's obsolete now, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and he was just a really good representation of somebody that went through some shit. Same thing with Mozzie. Right. You know, um, man, yeah. I got uh, Kendrick's last joint was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand, although I did understand, like, people were all oh, you either get like it, there was no gray area with his last joint, Mm-mm. you either nah. loved that shit or you hated it, right? And if you, you loved it, that's because you, you've been through a lot of shit and you understand him and you understand it. You know, right. some things you just have to understand to get. And with Kendrick, I think he just he had a different space in his life and it's translating right. in this music. super conscious, yeah, yeah, and that ain't for everybody, nah. <laughs> you know, I seen a young lady. She like, I want to, I want to listen to some trash music, and people slammed her for that. Mm. When, if you keep it a buck, I think we all want to listen to some trash music at some points. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you classify trash as, but um, I. Definitely... I mean, when I say like gangster music or yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. Shit. like you're right, um, nothing really productive or inspiring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now I actually think I seen that as well. Uh when it was based off of the Kendrick album. Yeah. 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 Yep. I saw that comment. But man, that's a whole nother topic too. But I feel like that's like a form of genocide for real to our people because we only promote um gangster music on the radio. It's all about, you know, being depressed or or attacking our people. Yeah. Selling drugs, doing drugs, shooting our own people and that's glorified today and that's just putting these kids in the wrong mindset and then they end up locked up and then they're doing the same thing you know it went from yeah you know this i'm a hip-hop historian to a certain extent you know i i'm no i'm by no means blaming anybody but you got to look at the chronological order how things have been going because if you look at for example NWA. NWA was just telling you what was going on in the neighborhood. So they'll tell you, oh, I see this killer. I see that killer. I see that killer. I see this dope boy. Then they went to the dope boys finally telling you like they story. Then they went to the killers telling you what they was doing. And that's where we at today. So it's like, where are we going next? Like, I think we kind of the next step. We is give NWA a pass, bro. We give NWA a pass. 
as if they didn't intentionally make conscious decisions to make sensationalistic music. They did. No, I I agree with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They were telling their story. But then it went to the drug dealer and the killer telling their stories. And then that was what was seen on TV. So when we see it on TV as a kid, like, damn, he looked cool. Like, I guess that's what I need to do, too, to get on TV. So now I'm going to start selling drugs. I'm going to start killing. So that was just the stages. Like, we went from just telling the story, then the actual person that was being told about in the story started telling the story. They on TV, so it looked cool. So now the other kids think they need to tell the same story and live that story. And that's what is being glorified. That's what's being shown. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what it's I think. Man, it's, it's definitely it's, uh, intentional. Yeah, it's very intentional. Our kids in our communities, like, they get younger and younger but when they jump in the streets. Man, it's crazy. It's like, because of what they see. They don't and, see nothing else. Man, you see like 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds with guns. With guns, selling drugs. And they, they talking... Like they've been out here knowing what they're doing. And I just think about it, I'm like, man, this nine-year-old, as as bad as it sounds, like he's so street smart. What if this nine-year-old was reading a, a book about law or a book about tech? How smart would he be already at nine years old? What if that nine-year-old's parents gave a shit? Is it that too? <laughs> like it's like you can't tell me that some nine year old is just randomly running the streets. Mm. Like there's somebody at the house that you go to sleep at night, every night. There's somebody there that's just like uh, celebrating the shit, enjoying the shit, or reaping the benefits of, of what this kid is doing. Or promoting it, and that's my or big promoting thing. it. Like, I for myself, like you ask me, do I have kids? I'm 28 years old, no kids. Uh, I'm I could definitely feel that I'm ready to have a child, mm-hmm. but I know it's some things that I want to better in myself mm-hmm. before I have a kid and be fully ready and prepared to, you know, be accountable to raise a child. And that's why I haven't had one yet, because I want to be to a certain level before I bring that in. So I know I could have pretty much a successful child. I feel you on that, man. And, yeah. and I think a lot, unfortunately, myself included, like we didn't think that way. You know, in hindsight, like I, I could have been a not that I was a shitty father, but yeah. I could have been a better father had I prepared myself to be a better father. Right. You know, um and you doing it this way, in turn, you setting that that pattern for generations to come. Right. You know, and that's so what I'm you, saying. Like I just want to lead by example and spark spark the idea of a certain blueprint that many people can agree with. And validated that you know this this is a good way to go. Yeah, but trust me, I, I've had my trials and tribulations. I'm no perfect saint by any means. Like I've had my troubles as well. But um what'd you I do wrong, bro? You don't look like you did anything. <laughs> nah, I've been arrested before. Um I, I was arrested when I was actually at Carolina playing ball. Uh-huh. Um it's a long story, but a dude put a gun out on me. Um Put it to my chest. It jammed twice right in front of me. And uh, he ended up running after that. But I was just so heated about the whole situation. Like, damn, this dude really just tried to kill me. And his homie was there running his mouth. So I ended up knocking his homie out. And then I got arrested for that. 
Um, I've also had other troubles in the past after that as well. So I pretty much had like a, a two year stint of trouble where I got mm-hmm. in trouble twice. And then. Okay, his boy deserved an ass whooping, though. I'm just going to say. Oh, I agree 100%. But yeah. um, it was still stupid of me. Regardless, I could have my reasons and my justifications, but it put me in a place that fucked me up. But at the same time, like, my story is my story. Mm-hmm. And um, it molded me to be where I'm at today. And I feel like it was all just what it was supposed to be. I feel you on that, man. You got to go yeah. through some shit to get better sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, for myself. That's crazy, though. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. And I'm I'm very strong-willed and strong-minded that sometimes that's... Back then, that was what, you know, woke me up. But now I got my head on straight, you know. Man, and if I was his boy, man, I would still be beating his ass. <laughs> like, how you going to get me in some shit and run? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then get my ass whooped on top of that. <laughs> yes, I would, yeah, no, I would be pissed. That was a crazy situation. The saddest part about it is, is that uh, when it happened, that was going into my senior year, mm. and um, you know, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty high on the draft board going that, into my senior year with a new coach that was a Hall of Fame coach. He loved me. He was like, "Man, you, you set pretty much." He was pretty much saying, "I'm set," without telling me I'm set. Right. And then uh, I ended up getting in trouble, and it hit ESPN. Hit all over the news stations back in my hometowns. You know, people talking crazy about me. Thousands of tweets about me, calling me all types of names. But I'm like, I know I knocked somebody out, but they didn't know that part. That didn't get out. Um, all that got out was that I resisted arrest. And after wow. I knocked the dude out, you know, I, I ended up walking away. And then the police just jumped on my back and just yelled, stop resisting. But... um nobody knew that the dude put a gun out on me like i mm-hmm. walked into the club i hadn't went out all summer because i was just focused i'm, like, I'm mm-hmm. going to the league first round this where my mind at and i didn't go out the entire summer and then two of two of my close friends two ladies uh they were like malik it's my birthday like please just come out so one had a house party went to the house party after the house party i went to the club where the other party was and as soon mm-hmm. as i walked in the club some random dude from around the town just, just, started, just started beefing with me. Literally just walked up to me, threw his shoulder at me. And I'm just like, I, when he did, I'm like, bro, like, you can't be serious. This is why I ain't been out all summer. I ain't been out in like four months. So um, he did that. And he just kept coming in my face. And at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm... I know I know what I could do. I'm like, I'm gonna just knock him out and get it over with. Right. But once he saw I wasn't backing down, he started creating more distance. And then a friend of mine jumped in the middle. Um, actually, Michael Jordan's niece, believe it or not, she jumped in the middle because she's a really good friend of mine. She went to Carolina with me, but she was like, Malik, stop, stop. Like, you got too much ahead of you. And she calmed me down, and the dude left the club. Cause now at this point, like all my homies on the football team see he trying to beef with me. And um oh. now they now they want to whoop his ass. I'm like, nah, ain't none of y'all finna get in trouble, especially not like on my behalf. So I'm like, y'all just let it go. I gotta stop like 15 of my teammates. Like, y'all just chill. And these football players, like some of them in the NFL, like they'll just some big boys. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, bro, I don't even worry about it. So 
he come back 15 minutes later with a jacket on I already know he's strapped either he got a gun or he got a knife because he got a jacket on now right and the clubs were so loose back then they ain't even care to like double check him so he come in the club with it and uh he walk up on me again literally just straight beeline to me bump me in my chest again and I'm at this point like I'm really finna knock him out but uh all my boys was already around me and like it was just a wave of people and then the security kicked him out and he waited till the club ended he literally waited outside like I seen him through the window the whole night and uh he waited and when I got outside long story short he just pulled the gun out right to my chest and um it jammed twice right in front of me and he ended up running because it jammed twice and like I said his homie was there so I fucked him up and ended up getting arrested for that but like I said that hit ESPN that hit the news mm-hmm. channel but nobody cared to hear my story and um so what was I, the conversation with your coach like after that uh so like I said I'm a very accountable person responsible uh-huh. person and my coach was like if y'all ever get in trouble call me like I don't give a damn what time it is so I called my coach three in the morning because I got arrested they took me down and man when I tell you like I had a I was pretty popular at my school had a lot of love there like mm-hmm. people were crying they was banging on the cop car like let him out don't take him like, oh wow people going crazy like my teammates crying girls crying and about 10 people followed the police car to the station and they all bonded me out and the cops was like I've never seen or heard anything like this before because people bonded me out of jail and um I didn't even they just ran my fingerprints and sat me in the office but then they was like you got people out here that's gonna bond you out so they let me Mm -hmm. go so after that um I ended up calling my coach when I got back to my dorm and I was like, coach, I just got arrested. I'm out. I'm straight. Blah, blah, blah. He was like, damn, Malik. Just be at my office at such and such time. So I met him there and he was just like, what happened? I told him what happened, just like I told you. And um, he was just like, man, I hate to see something like this happen to somebody like you. Mm. And um, I ended up getting suspended, but I came back got player of the week my first week back um the next week after that got two interceptions and um we ended up being number 10 in the country that year that's crazy bro yeah. i hate to hear that shit, man yeah hey but you live and you learn man, man. You learn. but i'm on the bigger and better things now i feel like what i could have accomplished playing football uh also had a limit too Mm-hmm. And I feel like just with technology, like it ain't no stopping what I could do, what I could create, and then what I can, uh, you know, financially gain from technology will also, in my opinion, be much more than I could have done or made with football. So at the end of the day, I feel like I'm on to bigger and better things. Good, good, yeah. bro. Like, damn, that's that's that's. I've been in some somewhat of a similar situation and in looking back, even though I felt like 90% of the situation I handled the way I was supposed to handle it, had I listened to the 
my life would have been different for, for the sure. better. Because I like basically I got into a fight at a bar with a couple of guys that I was actually quote unquote cool with. It was something in my mind telling me not to go into the bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because actually I had been in the bar and the dude was just woofing a lot. And it was, you know, you talk shit with, 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 with dudes you know, but you right. know when the difference between talking shit with a dude you know and a dude that got an issue with you that you right. know, that you right. didn't know they had an issue with you. So I left. Seen right. the other dude outside who I was cooler with. Um, and he like, no, nah, man, let's, these my, they're my boys. Let's go patch it up, blase, splee. And in my mind, I was thinking to myself, no, nah, I just go home. And I didn't. So that, that and, and I had to take ownership of not listening to my gut. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I feel you a thousand percent on that yeah. shit, bro. Yeah, because I, I, before I knocked the dude out, I'm telling you, I paced back and forth for about five minutes. Like, right in front of him, I'm like, hey, bro, get up out of here. Like, you got to leave. And I was like, it's probably the best thing you could do. Like, your homie just tried to kill me pretty much. Like, you need to go. And he was just standing there, started blaming me. Like, you started everything. I'm like, man, bro, get up out of here. And I just kept pacing. And he wouldn't leave. And I just went against myself because I was telling myself, don't do it. The whole time I'm pacing, I'm like, Malik, just chill. Don't do it. But I was just, I just kept, you know, having that flashback of him in front of me with a gun. And I just couldn't let it go at that moment. But, you know, that's the biggest thing. Like I said, you know, you got to self-validate yourself and realize Mm -hmm. your instinct is always right. But the only way you're going to know that you even got that instinct is by validating yourself. Like, my instinct was right. Follow it. Now you won't ever doubt it again. Yeah. Sometimes you you got to not listen to yourself to learn yourself. To learn yourself, right. And, you know, when I was playing ball... You know, I, I I gotta my instinct is very strong. Like I come from Native American people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, you know, I was blessed with that power. And while I was playing football, you know, I would call out a play before the play started and mm-hmm. I would have to jump and I'd make a great play. But there were so many times during my career where I just silenced that voice in my head, mm-hmm. that instinct, and it ended up costing me. And I was like, damn, I could have made a really big play. And, um, you know, that just comes from suppressing ourselves. That comes from people. Fear. Yeah. You know, suppression is in comes in many forms. And then oppression is also in many forms. So, uh, you know, I just had to realize when I was suppressing myself, when I was being suppressed, when I was oppressing myself and when I was being oppressed. And once you realize when that happens, you're able to clear yourself up and not your instinct instinctual level is just you know affluent and that's when you validate what you could do and mm-hmm. it comes right back to you so that's what i've come to learn come to see in myself so um, it took wow. some trial and tribulations but I, I gotta learn how i learn that's crazy bro yeah. hey man I, you know what that 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 i, I see greatness bro i really do you Appreciate know it. I'm, I, you will absolutely. I pray for you, um, and and I don't say that just to be saying that shit too. I don't think I've ever actually told anybody that on the show. I appreciate you, bro. You know, but uh, you know, you a good spirit is is it just transmits through whatever, and you got a good spirit. Thank you. 
no doubt. Um, and if there's anything I can do for you, because I ain't going to take up too much of your time. I know you're a busy man. If there's anything I can ever possibly do for you, um, please, you got my number. Hit me up. Uh, and, and if I happen to, you know, there's something I'm trying to see how I can delicately say that. Uh, if I know somebody wants to spend some bread with you, bro, I'm gonna let you know. I couldn't figure out no delicate way to say this shit. <laughs> yeah, I see you well connected. I was, you know, I've been doing my research on you looking at your profiles, and I, I see it's a few people that um we could create some synergy with. But I've been doing this for a minute, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, keep going, keep going. I'm trying, man. You know, I'm 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 getting out of my way this year. That's what I did last year, and this is where I'm at. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like that's where your blessings come. Like you, you remove your own barriers, man. Like fear, fear is absolutely successful in 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 failure. Right, and think about it like this: right, fear is an illusion. Man, it's not real. Man, yes. You create the fear. So imagine yes. if you remove it. Overthinking shit. Hey. I mean, you know, that's that's a blessing and a curse. Like I'm you you look at that. you look at everything that could possibly get in your way and you want to make sure you can get rid of it, but just get rid of the fear. It'll all of that'll be gone. I, like well, my daughters, I've always taught them think of the worst case scenario. And if you're okay with the worst case scenario and whatever it is you're trying to do, it's a good decision. Problem with that is that you just don't think about and it just dawned on me, but you just don't think about the worst case scenario. You think about all the scenarios that lead up to the worst case scenario. Right. And then you outthink yourself sometimes. Right. I was doing that and shit. You just, you just back yes. off. Nah, yes. Because it just like when you was on the field and you like, oh man, I know they about to call this sweep right here. And right. you're like, no, but if I'm wrong, my coach is gonna yank me. Exactly. Right. And so you don't do, you just play the, you know, you don't do play shit. You don't follow your gut. Right. They play, they run the sweep. And I'm just now, now I got this in my head forever. Like, yes. Man, <laughs> That's the worst feeling. Like man. My, my homie, uh, he tweeted something like, you think. Um, you think success caught a, you think success cost a lot? Uh, imagine how much regret cost you. And I was just like, ooh, yeah. He, he hit me with that one. So you know, you just go, you just go. Regardless, you're gonna learn as you go anyway, no matter what. So you might as well just go where you at. Oh, that was some powerful shit right there, and yeah. it's so fucking true, bro. Yeah, man. And you me. ain't had regrets until you turn fifty. <laughs> Those because you can't do shit about the shit for the most part. Right. You know, I, mean, I feel you, but it's never too late. I seen <laughs> I seen people turn their life around at 50, 60. It's, it was I think the lady in um the lady in uh Black Panther. Oh, the she older woman, something. She was uh Tell that was something. her first time yeah. making a movie. Yeah. And she had been trying to make movies forever. And she got on when she was 70. Yeah. It ain't never too late. And she been That's on too late, bro. I'm sorry. It's too fucking I late. I feel you, but hey, your path is your path. Your destiny, your fate. It is I want to be able to buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> you could buy one. Hey, at, one at seventy something, yeah, you could buy hey, it just to look hey, at it. I can't drive the shit. You you could floor it. You can <laughs> floor it and hit the brakes. <laughs> you could drive it now, but man, that's another thing. Like you got to remember. 
your own power. Like you gotta know whatever you manifest, you can make it happen. And that's just facts. And people really gotta get in tune with you know the capabilities of the mind. Like you think of something, you wanna do it, and then you do it. Like everything on this earth was created, whether it was this iPhone, this MacBook Pro them headphones you got on somebody said i need headphones and they created it like why you can't do the same you can so uh that's just the power of manifestation and then going for it like everything i manifested with my apps they literally came to me like the blessings came to me like i i said i want to do it i kept going for it i prepared myself for it and then i said fuck it like i'm getting out my way and i'm just going for it and i am where i am now but like I said, these blessings came to me at the same time. But you earned them. I saw it first. I saw mm-hmm. it first. You know, you, you say I earned it for sure to some degree, but I also created it. Whether that was like me physically creating it or creating the idea. That's part of earning it. Yeah. For you sure. Know, you got to follow through on what you see. And when you do, you'll see results. On that note, man, um, it has been an honor and a privilege, bruh. Um, and shout out to Nate. That's my guy. Yeah, um, shout out Nate at Rucker yeah. Park. Yes, man. Oh, my goodness. And Carolyn, who has been tuned in the whole show, right. um, she says she's going to look for your apps. That's dope. And her dad is 81 and still driving. I do not want to be driving that. <laughs> I am sorry. I'm glad your dad is still driving. I have already informed my kids. Take my keys because I don't want to be that nigga on, on the road doing 12 <laughs> yeah, miles an hour. Okay. <laughs> yes, like, I don't. <laughs> I, you That's know, if good. I'm not if I'm not flooring it at 81, I don't. You know, like you said, I do want. You know, but I, who, I'm not gonna be flooring it at 81. I don't even want to drive <laughs> fast now anymore. Shit. Right. <laughs> anyway, on that note, man. Um, again, if, if you always welcome to come back. You know, when when you want to do a fundraiser, the apps start cranking or whatever you you know, however it it works out, bro. Just hit me up. Let me know. For sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, no Anything doubt. I can do for you. Let me know. Oh, Mozzie, bro. Mozzie. <laughs> I got it. That's going to be tough, but hey, I see how to do. <laughs> All right. No doubt, man. On that All note, right. man, we out, man. Peace. All right. Peace.